Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 68 of the Canberra Football Show. It's finals time. Michael, how's it going? We had some cracking matches this weekend. We really did, Matt. There were some great, great games over the course of, you know, the past weekend and a result in particular that we'll get into, you know, into the show when we reach it in MPLW that I think would have sort of certainly raised a few eyebrows, but that's what can happen in finals football, you know, an element of sort of surprise and the unknown and unpredictability. So definitely a lot to, you know, go through and unpack, but, you know, that's what finals football is about. MPL elimination, uh, the semifinal match that took place between Monaro Panthers and O'Connor Knights. It was Monaro who came out 2-0 victors in this match. It was Jenkins and Michael John on the score sheet for Monaro in this one. So, obviously, they seal their place in next week's preliminary sorry, final against Gungahlin United to you know, end O'Connor's finals uh, campaign. And in terms of just how the match sort of unfolded, you know, you could tell that obviously that the intensity was high from both teams as they knew what was at stake. You know, whoever lost this match was going home. Their season was to come to an end today. So you could tell right from the offset that, you know, both of these teams really wanted it. They traded a few sort of chances back and forth uh, to try and open the scoring. Uh, and that was, you know, until the, the 40th minute mark where an absolute bullet of a header from David Jenkins, Matt, opened the scoring for Monaro in this one as it seems to sort of just fly into the back of the net to give Panthers the advantage. It pretty much just looked as though he made the sort of perfect connection with the ball to head. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, when you watch it on, you know, on, on replay... I mean, it sort of just flies in there and you couldn't even really sort of track where the ball was. It was just an absolute bullet that went into the corner of the net. So a great header from David Jenkins to give Monaro the advantage in this match. And, you know, to O'Connor's credit, though, they kept pressing. You know, they, they were trying to make, you know, good use, obviously, on the opportunity of playing finals football after just their first back season back in the in the MPL. But the 72nd minute saw a hammer blow delivered against them, Matt, which, you know, really made it difficult for them to try and get themselves back into this match. But it was substitute Michael John who nodded home, you know, from a great cross from a Seb Woods, you know, to make it 2-0 to Monaro and secure their passage to the preliminary final next time out. And... You know, it, it was a very good header from Michael John. He sort of just peeled off the, the defender there to sort of nod it back across goal. And obviously that was two-headed goals that Monaro managed to score in this game, which goes to show that they sort of do possess that aerial presence and aerial threat that sort of can c- cause some teams some stresses and make them feel uncomfortable, obviously. And that's what they were able to do against O'Connor in this match with their two goals through headers I mean the result obviously set in stone Monaro are the ones who moved through but I think O'Connor should be pleased with the effort that they were able to put forward this season Matt you know they were able to secure finals football in their first proper season back in the MPL after a long time and you know only kudos to you know Trinich and, and the playing group on how they've sort of managed to go through 
their first season back where, you know, not everyone would have even picked them to make the top four and it's what they were able to do, albeit it came in the last game of the regular season. But nevertheless, a great effort by them to make the finals in their first season back. You know, they had some great sort of standout performers along the way, you know, with the likes of Pat O'Rourke, uh, Minot Smith and Michael Adams, just to sort of name a few of the players that sort of really stood out and made an impact for O'Connor this season. But obviously their fortunes weren't in O'Connor's favour in this encounter and it means their season comes to an end. But like I have mentioned a couple of times now, I, I still think it's a very positive season on their front and they can only sort of take this experience and this sort of hurt and heartbreak into next season where they'll want to obviously push further than this stage that they've managed to reach this time out. Uh, For Monaro, you know, they'll now have a chance to clinch a grand final place for the first time in a very long time, Matt, you know, as, as we know, and as as we've discussed over the years, you know, they've endured many, many years sort of being outside the top four spots. And obviously when I think they were sort of in that position is when we had the COVID in, COVID impacted season not too long ago. So that put an end to any sort of, you know, finals football in for that particular time. But now this gives them the opportunity to make good on what's been a good season for Monaro, obviously finishing in the top four, you know, qualifying for the Australian cup as well, but they'll obviously be looking to, you know, go all the way and it'll be a very, very tough match against Gungahlin. United next well this weekend I should say and it's going to be an absolute cracking match but you know kudos to Moneros uh for you know booking their passage into the grand final and like I said O'Connor a great effort by them a great season it just they fell a little bit short but they can use this experience especially with the young squad that they have to really push on for next season and look to do you know, a little bit better, obviously, in this stage of the season. Yeah, no, nah, look, congratulations to Manara. And like you said, I could, I echo your thoughts about uh, O'Connor, uh, them doing so well. The one thing I will say is them doing so well in the CP, in the uh, MPL, coming up from MPL 2, now called CPL, uh, proves that relegation and promotion does work. Um, we said at the start of the season that O'Connor, well, I'm sure we'll, uh, discuss uh, O'Connor and a few of the teams later on in the next couple episodes before we wrap up this season. But O'Connor, especially, we said them doing well was, you know, probably best for Canberra football because if someone from MPL2 comes up, uh, they they do well, they perform well, it proves that promotion relegation was a valid, was a valid uh, discussion uh, for a very long time. And it was worth doing it. So well done to O'Connor Knights for uh, being the first team to, you know, get promoted uh, in, in a long time and do very well. And 13 years away is a long way away. And for them to make the finals immediately is a credit to the Tiraniches and everyone at O'Connor there. But overall, though, credit to Monaro. When I was watching this one, I thought this was one of Monaro's strongest defensive performances I've seen in a very long time. O'Connor, had their, uh, O'Connor did have their chances, but... Monaro was just so solid defensively. Every time O'Connor pressed forward or tried to make those classic O'Connor breaks from play, immediately you had everyone from Monaro dropping back. 
Um, it was a very, very solid performance uh, from Monaro and um, congrats to them for making the preliminary final against Gunners next week. Uh, next up, we have the qualification semi-final between Canberra, Croatia and Gungahlin United. Um, 3-2, uh, it ended up to Canberra, Croatia. Croatia opened the score in the 17th minute as Daniel Barrich ran on the end of a through ball and crossed it to Stephen Dominici, who took a touch and proceeded to crack an absolute bullet into the top right corner. This is Dominici's 151st MPL goal. So congratulations to, hit, for, to him for hitting that 150 mark last week. Uh, Gungahlin leveled it seven minutes later at 1-1 as Badabas had plenty of space uh, pick, and picked out a good low cross for Sam Habtamerium, who didn't waste any time uh, striking it uh, first time past Sam Brown. Canberra Croatia struck back uh, to take the lead as Nick Toneski was brought down in the box uh, and that was called for a penalty in the 30th minute. Stephen Dominici stepped up to calmly place it in the bottom right corner for goal 152 for him to take his side into halftime with the goal advantage and the momentum that comes with that goal advantage. Gungahlin brought themselves level again, 10 minutes into the second half, a great passage of play with quick passes uh, to this order, Green to Naumoski to Bernabeu Madrid to Sam Hab to Merriam, who cut across his defender and um, sort of slid when he struck the ball and uh, was able to guide it into the back of the net. Croatia thought they took the lead when Steven Dominici uh, from deep, literally the halfway line, picked out a terrific uh, through ball to Nick Taneski, who squared it for Daniel Barak. Um, the goal was deemed offside by the linesman. Uh, this was probably a significant turning point in the game, even though there wasn't a goal. Uh, the second half was relatively 50-50 up until this point in terms of possession and chances and... Um, and momentum and whatnot until this moment. This sort of fueled Canberra Croatia and um, the feeling sort of changed at, at the ground. Uh, you know, if you're being fueled by deny, being denied that goal, Croatia relentlessly pushed forward with some real quick passing. Uh, Ryan Kier beginning the play and it ended with Daniel Barrich two minutes after being denied that first goal. Um, Croatia consistently pushed forward from this point, giving... Uh, Gungahlin, uh, not many uh, chances after this. And uh, Croatia booked their spot in the grand final against the winner of Monaro versus Gungahlin next week. Uh, uh, so they have the weekend off. Uh, congratulations, Croatia, for booking their place there. Very close match. But after that third goal and just before that, the deny goal, it was all Croatia for the last 10 or so minutes that was left in this encounter. Gungahlin, though, the positives they can take from it is they kept fighting back in this game. They had some real good spells of play, uh, especially at the start of the second half, uh, getting the equaliser. Uh, and it looked like the game was going extra time, to be fair, before that third goal from Canberra, Croatia. Uh, they just weren't able to keep up with Croatia's intensity after that third goal. Uh, Robbie Tachenko uh, came off injured as well around that halftime mark just before then. Uh, hopefully he's doing all right. Gungala will now play Monaro next week, as you mentioned before, and the winner will play Canberra Croatia in the grand final in a fortnight's time. So, Michael, we had a very, very competitive uh, qualification semifinal here, which was also a replay of the 2020 final. Uh, so the grand final, will it be uh, a replay of the 2020 grand final in Croatia versus Monaro, uh, sorry, in with Croatia versus Gungala, or 
Will it be Canberra Croatia versus Monaro Panthers? Or will be or we will all find that out next week as the MPL uh, semi-final week two fixture is Gangalan against Monaro Panthers Saturday, September 24th, uh, 6 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. That's what it says anyway on uh, dribble. It could change uh, before then. And the winner of this one will, of course, go to that grand final against Canberra, Croatia. That should be an absolutely cracking match, as we've already stated in these last two matches. Michael, who do we have next? Uh, what do we have next up? We have the MPLW, and we had two absolutely cracking matches with good performances from all four sides. Yeah, we absolutely did, Matt. And first up, it was Belconi United who booked their passage into the preliminary final next week. Well, this weekend, sorry, by defeating West Canberra Wanderers 3-1 in this match. So that means that Belconi United will come up against uh, Canberra Croatia in next week's preliminary final. And, you know, it sets up a mouth-watering clash, you know, between two long-standing rivals. But obviously that's talking about the future. We'll get into this game for the time being, which was Belconi United defeating West Canberra Wanderers. And, you know, it was a tight, intense affair to begin the proceedings, Matt, you know, as it didn't really take, you know, it didn't take until the 39th minute for Clark to open the scoring with a nice volley from inside the box to give Belco the lead. It sort of just seemed to fall to her being in the right place at the right time from a corner situation. It was sort of just like a flicked on header and she was able to get her right foot on it and steer it past the keeper to make it 1-0 for Belco. And, you know, things would get better for Belco after the break as they doubled their advantage six minutes into the second half as Carnegie found what looked like a cross, you know, from from that time, you know, for the, for the ball to sort of go over the keeper and make it 2-0. It definitely looked as though that she was trying to, you know, get a ball sort of cross into the middle uh, of the attacking box, but it sort of, the ball just sort of found its way, sort of looping over the goalkeeper, which it did and found the goal to make it 2-0 to Belconnor to double their advantage. And Belco pretty much sealed their passage, Matt, to the preliminary final with 20 minutes to go in the contest in the 70th minute as, you know, they, they display, Belco displayed their ability to hit on the counter-attack as Bomford displayed, you know, fantastic bits of skill to lose the defender and make it 3-0. It was really a, a classy, classy goal from her to obviously make it 3-0 to Belconnen. Like I said, it really showed how dangerous they can be on the counter-attack. It, it all started from a defensive corner. So, I mean, they were under a lot of pressure being 2-0 up, and we know how dangerous 2-0 score lines can be in football. And to literally flick, flick the, well, flip the switch, I, I should say, sorry, and turn that sort of into a quick counter-attack Getting numbers forward, they created the 2v1 situation there. And, you know, Bomford just has the sort of the calmness and the composure and the skill to, you know, beat a defender and find the back of the net. So that sort of displayed her class. And it really put the icing on the cake of a good Belconnen performance. And it's exactly what they needed heading into this weekend's match. On the flip side, West Canberra, obviously, you know, they scored a consolation goal five minutes later through... Uh, O'Callaghan, but it proved to be a case of them just getting into the game a little bit sort of too late. It was a nice goal from her, though. She sort of nutmegged the defender and then sort of placed the ball into the far corner of the net. 
But like I mentioned, it just proved to be a little bit too late for West Canberra to produce, you know, a, a comeback of some sorts as, you know, at that point they were 3-1 down. They still needed to find two goals in, you know, the space of 15 minutes, which is definitely achievable. But I mean, it's going to be difficult against a class opposition like Belcona United are. And they were just managed, they managed to sort of, you know, get in their structure and see the game out and obviously produce the victory. So well done for Belconning United and for West Canberra. I mean, obviously their season comes to an end, but, but I think they can hold their heads up high, West Canberra. They they had a tremendous season considering that, you know, many people would have looked at the teams at the start of the season and not many would have seen or foreseen West Canberra being in that equation at the end of the season. But, you know, they managed to snatch fourth place and it's a great effort by them and what they've done because they've been able to produce some really good results over the course of the season as well. And it's something that they should definitely look to, you know, take a lot of confidence from and implement into next season because they really did have a good season. So kudos to them and well done to Belconnor United for getting themselves through to this weekend's preliminary final. Matt, who do we have? Next up. Yeah, uh, first of all, congrats to um, Belcon United. Scotty uh, Scotty Conlon's done a great job over there. Um, yeah, and like you said, West Canberra, they should hold their heads up high, had a good season. They also had a very good first first half, I thought, in that one. They might have been a little unlucky going into halftime, uh, 1-0 down. It was a pretty... Uh, they did a great job to hang in that one. But yeah, like you said, I think just uh, the some of some very classy play uh, from some classy players there from Belco. And uh, that sets up an interesting and that sets up an interesting uh, preliminary final against one of these sides. I'm just about to get into now. So this one, Michael, absolutely cracking match over a Deacon on a rainy night. Um, I hope my uh, description of this match does it justice because as Russ said on Facebook, uh, it was one of the best MPLW matches he's seen. So I'll give it a crack anyway. Canberra Olympic were heading into this one without some key starters in Michaela Thornton, Tiana Mira, and Nicole Jaloka. Um, as Jaloka and Thornton were at uh, the futsal um, championships, which they won there for Australia. So congratulations uh, to them. But yeah, they, it didn't stop Olympic from having a strong start. Olivia Gurney scored that, uh, scored the opener as she beat two Croatia defenders going for the ball and just burst into the box uh, to finish to finish it. Uh, Grace Gill brought Croatia level with an absolutely stunning free kick as she does so well with those free kicks there from well outside the box 11 minutes later. Eight minutes late uh, into the second half, Ash Sykes was brought down into the box leading to her finishing off a penalty to retake the lead for Olympic 2-1. 10 minutes from full-time, Vanessa Ryan extended Olympic's lead as Ash Sykes' shot was parried by uh, Nat Vasta. However, Vanessa Ryan was in the right place at the right time to pounce on the rebound to make it 3-1. So by this point, Canberra Croatia uh, down 3-1 with 10 minutes remaining. Um... They needed to dig deep to come back from this two-goal deficit. Incredibly, two minutes later, Canberra Croatia complete a comeback. Krista Hagen put through put an absolute terrific through ball to Brittany Palombi, who squared it for Jenny Bissett to make it 3-2. And then 
Um, one minute after that, or maybe even less than a minute after that, Britt Palombi put a low cross across the keeper to Jamie Berkeley, who buried the opportunity to take the reigning champions back level. Uh, so many twists and turns was already in this one, uh, which led the match going to extra time. At this stage, with Croatia having the late momentum from that two-goal comeback and the balance of play back in their hands, it was Olympics. It was Olympics' turn to turn to dig a little deeper and to not lose the composure that um, Canberra Croatia was starting to re-put on this game. And uh, Olympic did just that. One minute into the second interval of extra time, uh, the rain by this point absolutely bucketing down. Ash Sykes cut across her marker, crossed the ball, uh, a low ball for Brittany Fiorezi, who put um, Olympic ahead four three. And just before the end of this game, Canberra Olympics sealed their victory 5-3. Captain Victoria Jamison intercepted the ball, made a, a run straight down the middle of the field, cut the ball across to Anna Vandenbroek. Um, with, and with her first touch of the game, uh, she sent Canberra Olympic to the grand final, defeating the league champions, Canberra Croatia, in the process. Absolutely incredible matchup for Deacon. Poor, bucketing down rain uh, by the end of this contest. Uh, we mentioned before that uh, they've played each other in the league three times this year. Two of them were draws and one was a Croatia victory. Uh, 2-1, I believe that one was. And great work from Olympic here. Congratulations to them. Uh, very, very impressive, uh, especially to, once again, to take um, the advantage in extra time considering Croatia had that momentum with those two late goals in normal time there. Uh, very, very impressive from Olympic. Now they await to play the winner of Croatia and Belko um, in the final. Canberra Croatia, not the day for the reigning champions. Uh, they fought back a few times, like I said, but just weren't able to uh, get that final comeback once they conceded um, against Olympic in that final match. Should be a very, very good match against um, Belkonen next week. As it says on Drupal, as it stands at the moment, Saturdays, September 24th, 3 p.m. at Deakin Stadium, Belco versus Canberra Croatia. Obviously, maybe sub uh, card subject to change. We'll have to wait and see for that one. But after that one, Michael, it should be an absolutely cracking contest between those two sides. Next up, we had CPL with another very, very uh, interesting matchup here. Elimination semifinal, ANU Brindabella Blues, 1-0 to Brindabella Blues. It was all to play for in this elimination semi-final. The loser gets knocked out and the winner plays the uh, loser between Queenbian and Tuggies. Brinda Bella Blue scored the only goal of the match uh, as Kenzo Sly Ume Bayashi scored in the first half to give his side the lead and in hindsight, the winning goal. Uh, the play started from a corner that was essentially a massive chip into the box. Very, very well put in there. ANU headed it out, and then there was sort of a scramble for the ball, and uh, Kenzo got a hold of it uh, and struck a shot, uh, taking a little deflection as well in the bottom left corner. Uh, it was uh, a tense end to this game with Brindis having a player sent to the sin bin for the last six minutes and stoppage time. So the pressure from ANU, as, as it was before this point, but it was especially... Uh, Tough for the Brindies at this point as ANU put on that pressure with an extra man advantage to try and get an equalizer here. But the Cornwall side were able to hold on and advance to play Queanbeyan City in the preliminary semi-final next 
week. Uh, this is the end of the road for ANU uh, this season and uh, seemingly the end of Talal Safar's run as ANU head coach. Uh, Safar announced on Facebook he will be departing the club. Uh, he announced that later that night. Best of luck to Safal. Uh, great guy, great coach. And I'm sure we'll see him back in Canberra football uh, soon. I'm sure I'm sure he will... He would mention as well uh, what his highlights were for me, just from uh, observing it. Uh, one of the highlights of him at ANU had to be that huge seven, seven, eight match win streak, or uh, what that was, uh, where they beat literally everyone, uh, including Tuggeranong. They had a great spell there near the end of the season. Uh, congratulations again, though, to the Brindies. Absolutely huge result for them. They've been in the top four conversation the majority of the season. You've seen the improvement. Uh, and they had two huge back-to-back wins. They were must-win games against uh, Wagga, where they were below uh, White Eagles on point difference, uh, so they needed to win. Uh, it was a must-win game, and it was also a must-win game for them here. They needed to beat ANU to make uh, this preliminary final, and they got it done as well. Ray Junior has this young side brimming with confidence as they head into face Queanbeyan next week, and this fixture is always tough, despite... Um, Queenbian getting a 4-0 victory over them the last time they played. Uh, the other two was a draw and then a slight Queenbian win 2-1 at the start of the season. So despite, besides, besides the last match, the uh, the Queenbian Brindis fixture, as we've said all season, has been a very, very tough one. So uh, I'm sure they're going to be dreaming and hoping to try and make that finals. It's going to be an interesting match up between those two there. So yeah, once again, congratulations to, uh, to the Brindis uh, once again, uh, they're still alive in this finals fight and they've uh, put another feather in the cap into their really good season. Yeah, you're you're right, Matt. Uh, I just want to say, you know, congratulations to Brindabella Blues for making it through to the prelim. You know, they, they deserve it most definitely. They've put in a lot of hard work over the course of the season and... You know, I think in most people's eyes to begin the season, not many people would have picked them to make the top four. And obviously it was something that they were able to do. So congratulations to Brindabella. And, you know, you can be sure that they're going to put in a huge effort against Queanbeyan City this weekend. It's going to be an absolutely sort of, you know, cracking game. On to our next match, Matt. Tuggeranong United, five-star performance against Queanbeyan City. Never looked... In doubt, certainly it was 5-0 to Tuggeranong United as Peterkin, Richards, Hislop and Gulevsky with a double sealed their passage to the grand final. You know, it was a big matchup between the top two at Melrose Synthetic at the weekend. You know, Tuggeranong once again, you know, proving that they were just a little bit too strong for their opposition. And, you know, they had a strong opening to the match, you know, scoring six minutes in through Peterkin. You know, in the 33rd minute, uh, Mark Richards, you know, added to the great start and piled the momentum on for the reigning champions from that moment onwards. And then you saw sort of Hislop extend the lead, making it 3-0 to Tuggies in this one, you know, getting heading into halftime. And I mean, that's pretty much all you could ask for if you're Tuggeranong, you know, to put on a performance like that, 3-0 at the break. You know, it, it really goes to show just how dominant they've been this season, even though we're in the finals and you would maybe expect it to be a little bit tighter and more difficult to break teams down. But I mean, their classes shone through yet again and they were able to build themselves a very good lead in this one. 
And then obviously Ryan Golevsky scored a brace in the space of five minutes in the 67th and 72nd minute in the second period, you know, respectively to make it 5-0 for Mitch Stevens' side and confirm victory in that manner. You know, Tuggeron seemed to have Queenbeard's number this season as, you know, they've now defeated their rivals in their last three encounters in the league. So 2-0, 6-2, and now 5-0. Uh, Queenbeard won the first encounter between the two teams this season, 2-0. You know, it just wasn't Queenbeard's day against Tuggies in this one, Matt. You know, however, they, they do have another chance to make the final and try and amend this result uh, when they take on the Brindabelle Blues, like we mentioned earlier. You know, as is the benefit when you finish in the top two, you know, you get that second opportunity if you do fall at the first hurdle. So they'll now play Brindabella this weekend to make the final. You know, the last three league results between the two are as follows from the beginning of the season. Queenbeyan 2-1, a 1-1 draw, and then Queenbeyan 4-0. So it sort of favours Queenbeyan when these two teams come up against each other. But given the form that Brindabella are in and the confidence after beating ANU, it's going to be an absolutely cracking game. And for Tuggeranong, you know, they've already gained promotion. They've already won the league title, their first trophy in eight years, which is a great accomplishment for the club. You know, they seem less are focused on trying to add another trophy to the cabinet, sort of, you know, shrugging off the possible question on whether they'll care about, you know, this considering they've already accomplished the main objective, which was to get promotion this season. But, you know, it, when it comes to adding more silverware to your trophy cabinet, that's all the motiv motivation that you need in all honesty. You know, as mentioned before, they will play the winner of Queanbeyan and Brindabella Blues in the game that will take place this weekend between those two sides. So a lot to look forward to in terms of CPL football. Certainly is. Uh, that's us for this week. Uh, so many, so many good games uh, this weekend. Uh, so many great goals. Um, uh, uh, well done the Russ as well, we should say. Doing four yeah. games in a row. That last one, absolutely <laughs> uh, pouring, uh, bucketing down. A uh, huge effort from him. Um, what a you know top class commentator he is. Um, so I think we got some interesting matches coming up, and then of course in two weeks' time we've got uh, the grand final. So we'll be back next week to wrap up everything from those preliminary finals in CPL, MPL, and MPLW, and then of course we'll be back the following weekend or following Monday, should I say, to uh, wrap everything up. Michael, any last words before we head off? No, I'm just really looking forward to these round of fixtures, Matt, you know, the semi-final week two, sort of as we call it. So, I mean, there's a lot on the line and it will obviously determine what teams play in the grand finals uh, the week after. So plenty to unpack the next time we hop on. There certainly will be. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. That was episode 68 of the Canberra Football Show and we'll see you next week.